Is that him? Is that Barton Fink? Let me at him. Let me put my arms around this guy. Let me hug this guy. How the hell are you? Good trip. My name is Jack Lipnick. I run this dump. You know that. You read the papers. Lutrini, all right? Get everything you need? Like many Coen Brothers movies, Barton Fink is very funny. It has several distinctive characters, memorable dialogue, and it unfolds in an environment that is at once authentic and yet suggests something unfamiliar. It's set in 1940s Hollywood, and since this is a Coen Brothers movie, some jokes are very in, while others are way out. The point is, I run this dump, and I don't know the technical mumbo-jumbo. Why do I run it? Because I got horse sense, goddammit. Showmanship! And also, and I hope I told you this, I am bigger and meaner and louder than any other kike in this town. Did you tell him that, Lou? And I don't mean my dick is bigger than yours. It's not a sexual thing, although you're the writer, you know more about that. Coffee? But let's set aside all those delights for a moment and focus instead on the sound design. Listen to this. Now, people are going to say to you, Wallace Beery, wrestling, it's a B picture. You tell them, bullshit! We do not make B pictures here at Capitol. Let's put a stop to that rumor right now. I just love that detail there at the end. You wouldn't miss it if it had not been there, but its presence is funny. And as George Lucas said, sound is half the picture. Ever since sound became part of cinema, filmmakers have been trying to make sure that what we hear is not just the sound of the scene, but how it echoes in the mind of the audience. In this movie, Barton is a writer, and all he writes about is what is on his mind, over and over. My job is to plumb the depths, so to speak, dredge up something from inside, something honest. I gotta tell you, the life of the mind, there's no roadmap for that territory. Exploring it can be painful. Kind of pain most people don't know anything about. Over and over to the point you wonder what is going on in Barton's mind. He certainly doesn't listen to other people. He sticks cotton wool in his ears to blot them out. And it is only when it is far too late that he notices what's going on around him. The sound of Barton Fink was designed by Skip Leavesy, who has worked with the Coen brothers on all 15 of their feature films. Some of the sounds you will definitely notice, like the wallpaper as it peels away in Barton's hotel room. Or the mosquito buzzing around as he tries to sleep. Or the groans that come from the room next door. Others are so subtle, you hear them, but you may not notice them. That is because there are essentially two types of sound in cinema. Sounds that come from inside the scene, sounds the characters would hear, such as dialogue, cars in the street and footsteps. These are called diegetic sounds. And then there are extra diegetic sounds, the sounds that don't originate within the scene. The characters don't hear them, but we, the audience, do. Such sounds are deliberately imposed upon the scene after it has been filmed such as the music composed for the film, and pretty much every little noise that is dropped in to create the soundscape that will reverberate subliminally inside our minds. Skip Leavesy also designed the sound for The Silence of the Lambs. Now, in this scene, where Dr Chilton leads Special Agent Starling down the stairs to meet Hannibal Lecter, don't listen to the dialogue, but focus instead on the ambience. 
I'm going to show you why we insist on such precautions. On the afternoon of July 8, 1981, he complained of chest pains and was taken to the dispensary. His mouthpiece and restraints were removed for an EKG. When the nurse leaned over him, he did this to her. The doctors managed to reset her jaw, more or less, save one of her eyes. His pulse never got above 85, even when he ate her tongue. Now try this, again from The Silence of the Lambs, where Starling descends into the bowels of Buffalo Bill's house. If you can hear past the score composed by Howard Shore, you might notice the sounds of the Amazon jungle. Yes, Skip Leavesy recorded the rain, isolated them to single drops, stretched them and then mixed them in with the creaking of an oil rig. Leavesy has painted the soundscapes for Tim Burton, Terence Malick and Martin Scorsese. But when it comes to the Coen brothers in general and Barton Fink in particular, his work is fundamental. If you read the script for Barton Fink and you can, it's available online, you will see quite clearly that the Coens had envisaged from the start a film where sounds, rather than music, would comment on Barton's state of mind. The sounds present his point of view. Now, usually that is done by way of the camera. But with Barton, we hear the story as he hears it in his mind, and that conveys what is on his mind. So what is on Barton's mind? More pertinently, what is the movie about? I ask this because they're one and the same thing. After all, the movie is named after him and Barton is in every single scene. The film could be about the creative struggle. Barton is having trouble writing. He's got writer's block. But maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's about the artist as a sensitive soul, surrounded by Philistines, forever having to filter out the real world in order to make sense of it. But then again, the film is set in 1941. It has many references to World War II. For instance, the two police detectives who question Barton are called Mastrianotti and Deutsch. Could this reference the fascist axis between Germany and Italy? While they question Barton, they make a big deal out of his being Jewish. If you think I'm stretching the point, listen to these words that Charlie Meadows utters as he dispatches the detectives. Heil Hitler. Is the film about anti-Semitism? The head of the studio, Jack Lipnick, is also Jewish and he keeps denigrating his own ethnicity and distancing himself from his background. Maybe it's about alienation. At the start of the picture, and in comedic fashion, the Coen brothers establish Barton's sense of identity. My place is here right now, eh? I feel I'm on the brink of success. I'd say you're already enjoying some. No, don't you see, Garland? Not the kind of success where the critics fawn over you or, or the producers like Derek make a lot of money. No, a real success. The success we've been dreaming about. The creation of a new living theater of and about and for the common man. If I ran off to Hollywood, now I, I'd be making money, going to parties, meeting the big shots, sure, but I, I'd be cutting myself off from the wellspring of that success from the common man. If it is about alienation and a sense of identity, what better way to hide your theme by showing it to the audience and then getting them to laugh at it in order to dismiss it? When Barton is not alone in his hotel room, he is surrounded by people, and yet he feels alienated. He started out on Broadway, his head filled with great ideals. 
He hopes to make a difference for the common man. But he ends up on a beach in Los Angeles, unable to communicate with the only other person there, isolated and utterly estranged from himself.